Let me pray and then we, then we get going. Lord Jesus, just want to say what a privilege, God. What a privilege for us to be together. And I want to say what a privilege, Lord, that you would somehow entrust me and uh, that eldership team here with us, Lord, to steer this ship, this church. And, uh, but we just want to acknowledge, God, that it's yours. Um, it's your church. It's your bride. And um, unless you build, <laughs> we build in vain. And so I just want to say right at the start of a new season for all of us, God, that we want to be where you are. And the key for that is that we go low. Our ideas, our plans, our thoughts, our intentions, um, our good ideas, we lay it before you and we say, Jesus, be lifted high um, in our midst. That you be honored, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So... Um, it's been quite a quite a rock and roll week for me. The the last week, I uh, I was anticipating to rest well. We had my family come down from Bloemfontein. They visited us, and we would have moved down my sister and all her stuff to Somerset West. She's, she's also transitioning, and she's joining there. And um, then last week Sunday, I said oh, I said to Anton, I'm actually not coming to church. We're just going to take off one more week, and then we'll come. And we were on our way to Outzorn. Uh, to go view some animals, like I like animals, so we were on our way there, and on the way there, we got the news that my mom's dad passed away, and um, it wasn't sudden, so he's been sick for a while, but it is still a very sudden reality, that one week is there, and the next week is not, and um, so then all things had to change, and we moved down quicker, and we tried to get my sister into a flat, and then my parents drove back, and I flew up to Joburg, Drove down to Klerksdorp, did the funeral. I had the privilege to bury my grandpa, which was an incredible um, privilege. He was a proper giant in the faith, so which was quite cool. I, um, sorry, I don't want to take too long on this now, but I, uh, I realized with me being, in, with me doing the full 12 trip, that he got sick when I left to the Philippines, and um, I knew that there's probably that I'm probably not going to see him again. And uh, because I was gone for a month, and then I, I thought, okay, maybe when I'm back, but when I got back, we moved, and everything happened. And, um, and when he passed, I must say, there was a moment that I said to the Lord, okay, this one is painful, you know, I would have liked to see him. But I had a good call with him, and I asked him, because he was a pastor, uh, like, his whole life. And I asked him, Opa, just share with me the highs, the lows, what, what mistakes did you make? What did you learn? What, did you, what were some of the victories? What were some of the incredible stories? And I had the privilege to have an incredible chat with my opa. And uh, he was, uh, I didn't know this, but he was part of Billy Graham's team that ministered and, uh, back in the day. And uh, so I was like, yes, man, I, so he was a real giant. And, uh, and so I actually had the privilege to ask him to pray for me for some of that, to, some of that anointing to pass on. I don't know if that works, but I'll take it. And uh, there was something like Elijah and Elisha, you know. I said, if there's a 10% chance of this, pray, Opal, let's see what happens, okay. So, um, but, uh, and then the privilege to, to bury him on Friday. And then at his funeral, six people got saved. And, uh, and uh, just something of his life that still spoke. And, uh, and you know, it is this, even, you know, for you guys as a church, it's, I didn't know, oh, remind me his name again, uh, Cleon. I didn't know him, but, but, it, but there's something, you know, that we as a church, I think for those of you who heard it this morning, it's like, wow. Last week, Sunday, was still here, I assume, and everything looked fine. And, and suddenly, God just decides now. And uh, it's a reality check for us, you know. And, um, 
And, and it, it, we can take comfort in the fact that it says that God has numbered the days of man, you know. I, I'm young. I'm, I'm 30, by the way, for those of you. So I'm, I'm finally crossed into the 30s. It's quite a daunting thing. I, I was quite proud to say I'm 20, 20s, in my 20s. But anyway, I th- I'm young, you know. I'm fit. I, th- I feel like I'm going to live another 80 years. Hopefully not. But I, it feels like I can just keep going. But it could happen that tomorrow God decides. This is the day. And, uh, and, and um, yes, like, like uh, um, uh, Vili <laughs> read the scripture. Um, it says that your life is like a mist, you know, and uh, here today, gone tomorrow. The problem is what we do in the mist matters. What we do in the mist determines what will happen for eternity and how much crowns we all have to put before his feet. Some, some the Bible says, will enter there as escaped a flame or smell like smoke, but no treasures to put before him. And uh, I, I pray that we'll be a church where there'll be a lot of treasure that we can put before the Lord one day when we arrive there and here on earth. Amen? But I need to get into what I want to say today because I'm mumbling here. I felt this. So this was the point. I was prepping the whole week. or or I was thinking I'm going to have the whole week to prep, and then it turned into a very short time. So I was praying, Jesus, please, you need to speak now. I'm prepping for the funeral. I'm prepping for this. Like, what do you want to say to the church? It's quite a daunting thing, you know, first service. What do I have to say? And I felt the Lord take me to Matthew 13 from verse 44. And it says like this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Okay? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that is hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. That's quite interesting, you know. And it says, in his joy, he went and sold all that he had, and he bought that field. So I went to read about this, like, what was the point? Why did, why did he find it, hid it again, and then go back? And they say, in the old time, you know, there wasn't banks. There wasn't an APSA bank in, uh, in Israel, all right? And so sometimes you get a rich guy, but he didn't want to tell everyone about his riches. So what he would do, he had a field, and he'd dig a hole, and he'd bury his treasure in there. And then he would die suddenly. All right? And no one knew about the treasure. Guess what? That treasure stays behind. All right? So it's a dual message here. But uh, field... Stays there. No one knows about it. Years later, some other guy wants to grow a vineyard. Né? Starts digging. And as he digs, he sees, ah, oh, treasure. Okay, But no one knows about this. And he says, and when he finds this, he's like, this is worth more than everything else that I have at home. And he buries it again because he doesn't want anyone else to find it. And he goes and it says, in joy. He sells everything else that he had because he knows what he found there is worth a lot more. And, uh, and God, Jesus then says that the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like we're going away and, you know, we just moved. So you're getting everything together that you have. You know, it wasn't a lot. But we, we get it together. We bubble wrap it so that it doesn't break. We pay people and I look that they carefully loaded in the truck and carefully loaded out the truck. You know, that I want my stuff. All right. And, uh, and we, we sometimes get so concerned about our stuff. I was like, there's some stuff that I didn't even let come with the truck. I take that, okay? And we, we, we take good care of our stuff. And, uh, and he says, when we lose sight of the treasure, that's what we do, you know, is we just start storing up treasures here on earth and we start taking good care. But when we, found, when we find Jesus, it is like everything else, uh, like that old song says, it just grows strangely dim in the light of him. And I wonder, you know, um, then he says, uh, and he, he went and he sold it in joy and bought that field. And then he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had 
and bought it. And I, I wonder, you know, with, um, with life and with, with us, and sometimes when, the, when the, the fears and the pressure and the anxiety and the stress and the, the sadness and the pain comes, I wonder if it's because we lost sight of the treasure. And, uh, and I want to say, I've been there plenty of times, you know, where I started off so well, and, uh, and you just lose sight of the treasure so quickly. And I, I'm thinking, I'm trying to tie in also what Willie said, just about the words that came out. But it's interesting, Jesus and the storm, the first story of Jesus and the storm, where was he? He was dosing. Okay? In the, in the, so is that a, is that a muscle bait term? Uh, so it was okay, for, for the surface, okay? He's sleeping downstairs, and all the disciples are fretting about, like, what are we going to do, you know? It's like they're stressing about the same story with the other, Jesus walking on the water, he was with God, they're stressing about. And so they, I, I listened to a message recently where it says, there's a, where the guy said, there's a time to, to be awake and there's a time to be asleep, okay? And we often get the two wrong. There, Jesus is sleeping and he's, he, he, he found the treasure, he is a treasure, but, you know, you get the story. And the disciples are stressing. And then there's the other time where it is the most important time in humanity, in the garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus is awake and he says, be awake and pray. And what are the disciples doing? Dorsing. <laughs> okay, all of them. And, uh, and we get it wrong sometimes because we don't see the treasure. We lose sight of the treasure. And, um, and I, I've been there before, you know, where, where I'm following the Lord, but I'm full-blown doing it just out of due diligence. Because <laughs> what, what else would I do? I'm not going to go away from the church. <laughs> okay. I'm just being honest here, okay? But I, I've lost the joy. I've lost the treasure. And I, I believe with my whole heart for all of us that God wants to give us back the treasure. He wants us to see the treasure. He wants us to, 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 to enjoy. Let everything else go what we have and run after Him. Not out of duty. Enjoy. All right? So I want to tell you a story today. Uh, it's probably one of the most well-known stories. If you had to say what is the most well-known story in the Bible, what would it be? I need some answers here. You had something? Jesus dying on the cross. Okay, that is pretty important. That is a big one. Let, let, me, let me narrow it down. What is, what is one of the most well-known parables that Jesus told us? The prodigal son. Okay, we all know that one. So I'm going to start with that, okay? If you don't know it, I'm going to introduce you to a great story today. But uh, I want to read for us in Luke 15. If you've got your Bibles with you, I think it's going to be on the, uh, almost said in the back, in the front. But uh, Luke 15 starts like this. And I want to start in verse 1, because uh, it's important. It says, now, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, and he said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable. And the reason why I just want to highlight that portion, he says, Jesus was busy speaking to the sinners and the tax collectors, the lost, the broken. But you get all the religious guys standing at the back and saying, look at that. And then Jesus looks at them and he starts telling them this parable. So he's speaking to the religious guys, the, the ones doing it out of duty, the ones in church, um, you know, doing the right thing. And he, he tells them the story and he says, from verse 11, he says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, and I'm just going to skim over the prodigal part. I think we all know this, but I'm, I want to read through it. He says, um, let me read with you here. The younger one said to his father, he said, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got all that he had together, and he set off for a distant country, and they squandered his wealth in wild living. 
After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country, and he sent him to a field to feed pigs. Now, I just want to say, we need to recognize the story here. This dude is a Jew, okay? He's a, and, uh, and, and so Jesus saying that he went and he had to work in a field of pigs. It's as low as you can go, all right? So we mustn't forget that part. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating. That's even worse. You know, I would rather eat the pig. But he, he wanted to eat what the pigs were eating. But he wasn't allowed to. Okay? But no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he's practicing his speech here, all right? So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And here comes the speech, okay? And the son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put the ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it and let's feast and celebrate. And I just want to say, for all of you who are saved today and that know Jesus here, that was all of us. Okay, That's all of our story at a stage. We were there. We were the lost ones. We, we squandered our, 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 our life in wild living. Some of us wilder than other, others. Okay, Yet, even I grew up as a good Christian boy. So you know my bad stuff, Okay, so I don't want to explain how bad I was. But I, I was quite a good moral boy actually growing up. I want to tell you I was just as lost. Just as lost. And there was a day where God ran to me. And he saved me. I had my speech and I was ready to say, I've done this, I've this. And God saved us. It's a miracle. Yeah? And I think as a church, sometimes we are quite good in, in receiving people in, you know, as sinners. And we celebrate it. And, uh, and so I think there's a portion where, even in the Bible, it highlights that portion as the prodigal son. I think we understand the prodigalness, you know, and it's like we celebrate that coming in. But you know where we are bad? is the older brother. We... We all, we all as Christians have to face two tests, okay? It's the prodigal brother and the older brother. All of us go through those two where we all have to come to the place where we realize we're sinners and we need salvation. But all of us face the older brother test as well. And I wonder in the church sometimes do we get stuck there and, uh, and don't actually see that there were two lost sons in the story. I, I want to read it for us. So verse 24, so the dad says, For the son of mine was dead, but he's alive again. He's lost and he's found. So they began to celebrate. All right. And uh, let's see here, verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house and he heard the music and dancing, so he called one of the servants and he asked him what was going on. Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has, has him back safe and sound. Now, I just want to ask you, who was the fattened calf for? That's for the older brother. Because the younger, younger brother took his stuff already. It was the brother's calf. It was his. It was actually the dad had it for him, you know. The, the, what was left was the older brother's. 
And uh, so I, on the one hand, he has good reason to be muff. Yeah? And uh, sorry, I am Afrikaans and there's a lot of surf slang in between you. So try and stick with me, okay? But uh, it says that all the brother became angry and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. And I, man, it, it feels sometimes, you know, that God is doing this with us. I don't know who if you've been in this position, but I, it's quite funny. I'll tell you guys a story at another stage. But last year, this time, we were in Mossel Bay having holiday, okay? I want to say I was a proper older brother. Last year, this time. I was stuck, eh? And uh, my relationship with God just became pure duty. When I read Bible, I tell you, I just read what I was doing wrong, and uh, it just became works. And I, I remember being in Mossels, actually, of all places. It's quite funny, the journey there. But uh, how it felt like the Lord came out and He was pleading with me. Come back. Come back to the treasure, you know. And um, I'll tell you that story another stage. We, I'm running late on time here. But he, said, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. And I never disobeyed your orders. And I, I just want to say, how many of you felt like that before? When we see the Lord, there's someone else that gets saved, and it feels like within two weeks they're in leadership, and they're just running, and they're styling, and we're sitting here, or whatever the desires, you know, they're doing so well financially, and you've been following the Lord so well for 30 years, and you still can't put electricity on the meter at the end of a month. Okay? It's real. Okay? And, uh, and then there comes this thing in where it says, look here. All these years, I've been slaving away for you, and I haven't even disobeyed you. Is there anyone else that's felt like that before? All right. And uh, by the way, I don't think it's ever a good idea to say to the Lord, look here. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but um, we do that. Okay? It says, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. And we feel like that, you know. Yeah, this guy gets a fattened calf. He already had his share, by the way. Okay? Squandered it. And uh, he gives him another fattened calf that was mine. And, uh, and I'm just slaving away. And I, I, I don't partake of anything of the Lord. I, it feels like that guy experiences the Lord every week. And I haven't heard the Lord in five years or five weeks or five months, whatever you want to put to it. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. And then the father says this, my son, you are always with me and everything that I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because your brother was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. And um, I wonder do, how many of us here today feel like God would say to us, my son, everything that I have is yours. Or are we the slaves slaving away in the field? And uh, not partaking of anything of the Father. You know, actually I think in the story that both brothers were lost. And both brothers wanted their dad to die to get their inheritance. The one, the one didn't have a relationship with the dad either. He was in the house. He was also just waiting for his stuff. Both were lost. And um, the one just looked better than the other. <laughs> That's terrible, you know. It's like we... Um, we say, uh, it's, you know, both of that was flesh. The one was just good flesh and the other was bad flesh, but it's flesh. And, uh, and God says flesh doesn't please him, you know. It's not what he wants. He wants, he wants our hearts. He wants you. He wants, he wants to be connected with you. He wants you to come to him and he wants to be able to say to you, my son or my daughter, 
So all that I have is yours. And um, I, I really believe that, you know, as we start on this new journey, and we can try, I, I'm even thinking like, I was really praying for, for the church and I'm asking the Lord, where do we start? You know, what do we build? What do I, what do, I do? What do I work on? And uh, I just kept coming back to this thing where I felt the Lord tell me, if you try and build everything, anything, you can try and work on the worship, the preaching, the theme, the unity, the whatever I want to work on. It's all good things. Eh? He says, if you work on anything, but we have lost sight of the treasure, it's all in vain. It's all in vain. If we are all older brothers slaving away in the house and never partaking of God, it's all in vain. Still lost. And what he's looking for today is sons in the house and daughters in the house that know their God and partaking of their God. And yes, we work for him. And yes, we work. You know, when we slave away and we do work, but we know that all that he has is ours. And he bought us with a price. We belong to him. And we actually have communion with God. We know him. I don't know if it resonates with anyone, but, um, but, I, but I, think, I think there might be some, and I've been here before, and I, I, I often have to face this test, but come past this thing where I kick into duty mode and work mode and uh, faithfulness mode and whatever holy words we want to put to it, but I've lost sight of God. And it becomes dead works. And he wants us to bring us back to the joy. And the life. I, I loved worship today. I just want to say it was, it was, it was real life, actually. And uh, it came when, uh, when we just remembered who we are and who, who God is. <laughs> we low. And he's much bigger than that. And it's all about him. Suddenly there's life, man. And when, uh, I think when we ask about all our problems and all our stuff, and we want this, well, this sometimes it just feels like there's very little life. But when we remember who God is and who we are, it's like, and it's life that comes. So I want to finish with this, um, but um, I felt this for us as a, as a church, you know, songs, songs of Solomon or Songs of Songs 2 from verse 8. It says this, listen, my beloved. Um, I'll read with you guys. There. Look, um, here he comes. He's leaping over the mountains, bounding over the hills. My lover, and I wonder, you know, this is awkward for a guy to read, by the way, okay? And, uh, but I wonder who of us, when last have you called God your lover? <laughs> No, not recently, if I'm honest, okay? But uh, do we see God as the one that is, my lover is like a young gazelle or a stag. Look, he stands behind the wall, gazing through the window, peering through the lattice. My lover spoke to me and said, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, and come away with me. See, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth, and the season of singing has come. And I, I really feel for us a church, as a church, guys, and I'm not speaking just about singing here. Look, I'm a worshiper, so we're definitely going to sing, okay? But I want to say the time of our hearts, the time for our hearts to sing has come. The season where, where we where we with God again, and He's ours, and we belong to Him. He's bought us. We are His. The time of that singing for our hearts to be joined with God has come. Yeah. Without it, we're dead. And uh, I really want to say, like, man, if we, if we try and build anything and God is not on His throne and on the throne of our hearts and He's our lover, our treasure, it's in vain. It's in vain. Come away with Him, okay? Um, so I want to... Um, thank you, Trevor. Sorry. But I, I, maybe just before, before I finish, I want to say this. If we go on to verse 14... 
It says, my dove is in the, in the clefts of the rock. This is very poetic, and I'm not a poetic guy at all, but it says, in the hidden places on the mountainside, show me your face and let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. And I wonder how many, I just want to, you know, it's, we, Marissa and I were driving back yesterday and we were saying we had a great rest time, you know, and uh, um, feel like we recovered. But there was an element that I said like, yeah, I don't think I've heard the Lord as much as holiday as I wanted to. Uh, it's like his voice, it was there. And when we prayed, you know, I heard him and, and, and we convinced and we said that certain areas where I've heard God. But the, but the connection with God was just weak in some areas. And we drove yesterday, I, I think we came past Robertson then, and we just prayed. We said, God, we just want to say we're sorry. There was an area where, where, we, where we dropped the ball in terms of this, where we could say, your, your voice is sweet, and your face is lovely. We've lost sight of the, the, our lover. We you know? said, God, we just, want to, we just want to come back to you. And I tell you, we came back home last night, and it was almost immediately, that we, because we, we repaired a guitar, so we, we, we wanted to try it. Okay? And as we played, God was just in the house. And it's like, oh, there he is. There he is. And, um, and I, I wonder for who over this um, holiday time, the voice of the Lord, when we, we, we may be recovering the flesh and emotionally, but the voice of the Lord just became dumb. And, uh, and we're starting this year with duty. And we just need to come back to the one who's lovely today and hear his voice again. And then he says, Verse 15 says, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, for our vineyards are in bloom. And uh, there's an element, you know, this year that we have to also, while seeking the Lord, the little things that God's going to highlight for us, you know, the little offenses, the little, the, the secret sins of the heart, the, the little, um, I want to say, character glitches that we just want to so make, no, it's okay, <laughs> can destroy the vineyards that God want to put in bloom this year. And we have, to, we have to make sure that we grab a hold of that and kill it so that the voice of the Lord can be loud this year and it can be our treasure. I want to pray for us this morning. Um, before I do that, I just want to say, Jeremiah 29, 13. God promises this. He says, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I want to say God is available, you know. It's a classic, we, our little one is almost two now, so it's just as the place where we can not really play hard and seek it, but we can chase one another, okay? And uh, it's, uh, she gets the most exciting look on her face, you know? But you know what sucks? If we play hard and seek and I make that she never finds me. <laughs> gets very boring very quickly and she gets very angry quite quickly, okay? The point of hide and seek is to find the other person, okay? God hides. He hides himself sometimes for us, but he wants us to seek him. And I want to say that I think God has hidden himself from us for a little bit. But the point is so that he may be found. Seek him with your heart, with all of your heart. And we will find him. Amen? So I want, to, I want us to respond this morning. We, we actually, I did well for time. I'm quite impressed with myself here. I thought this morning I might be in trouble straight away. But um, I want us to respond to the Lord this morning. And I don't know if maybe Lisa and the guys can come back. Um, that sounds like a cool band name. Lisa and the guys, uh, <laughs> the worship team, can can come back and. Um, but I, I I do I do believe that God is in this word, okay, and that he, that it's a word that He has for us, and there is a there is a response I think that is required from us. The younger brother had to come back, and he had his speech ready. He said, "Dad, I'm sorry. I've sinned against heaven and earth, and I've sinned against you. Forgive me. I'm not worthy to be your son. Make me like one of your laborers." The older brother never did that, by the way. 
He was just myth. Okay, but I think as all the brothers, and, and I think there might be prodigals among us as well, and I definitely want to give you opportunity this morning. But as all the brothers, there's also a response that needs to come in from us and say, God, I'm actually sorry. I realized I became disconnected. And I was slaving away from you. And I, I feel like I have done the right thing. It's not like I've gone into sin and fallen off the road, but I, I've just lost sight of the lover, the treasure, the, the pearl of fine um, price. I can't remember the word. Okay, but it's like I've lost sight of that. And I'm coming back today to you. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face. I want to I see the treasure again.